we really drill down and look at how is your business fundamentally serving others and and why is that important Leading Matters with Joel Caparelli. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Leading Matters. Today, I continue in my exploration of the professional coaching industry with Sarah Kaler. Much more detailed description of who Sarah is. You can find her at soulpower.com, I believe is her address. You can certainly look at the show notes as well. But what you're going to find in this episode is an incredible discussion of the importance of identifying our strengths and weaknesses, how to discern between something that is a skill set that we can refine and improve to a point where it is um, somewhat of a secondary strength or maybe it's never going to improve. So it is indeed weakness. And I love Sarah's perspective on the recommendations that she makes to her clients where weaknesses are concerned and what to do there. In fact, no wonder that she's successful with a lot of female entrepreneurs and CEOs, many of which have been in the Fortune 500 space. So she's had quite a successful career of of coaching women on how to achieve these things. We even get into the uh, reason why she focuses on women in leadership. Uh, And I think it's a really interesting, surprising answer. So stick around for the whole episode with Sarah Keller. As always, there's so much packed in here. I'm pretty sure you're going to find something of value and you'll be happy that you stuck around to the end. So no further ado from me, let's go ahead and get into my interview with business coach, Sarah Kaler. My guest today has had a hand in developing some pretty smart and savvy business leaders across multiple industries. She specializes in helping women in business, in particular women CEOs, get a handle on scaling up their company's capacity for growth. Her client list includes plenty of both Fortune 100 and 500 companies, including the likes of Facebook, Lululemon, Athletica, Intel, Cisco, Levi's, Box. So you get the picture, right? She's pretty good at what she does. Odds are that you've read about her an entrepreneur, maybe Huffington Post or Forbes, but even if you have not, I'm sure you're going to enjoy my conversation with her today. She is Sarah Kaler, and Sarah, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on Leading Matters. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Uh, My pleasure is mine, Sarah. So listen, my audience for the most part is a little bit new to this world of professional coaching. And since you have plenty of experience with it, I thought for the benefit of my listeners and to kind of level set our conversation, I'd give you an opportunity to explain a little bit about what you do and and who you do it for. Absolutely. So I, as you mentioned, I support uh, women CEOs, uh, founders, entrepreneurs, uh, really grow and scale their businesses. Um, And I work with a lot of people who are interested in not just scaling and and growing for revenue for revenue's sake, um, which of course we're all in the business of making money here, um, but also for looking for uh, where's that intersection of the triple bottom line. So how do we look at people, purpose, and profit? And ultimately, uh, how do we scale and look at how the world is left better because of our companies, right? Whether that's our coaching business, or our nonprofit, or whatever our company is here to do, or whatever our product or service is doing in the world. 
So that idea of purpose, you know, it's something I, I care a lot about. We talk a lot about it here on Leading Matters. But how, how do you, when you first start working with someone and, you know, maybe the idea or notion of purpose is in the back of their mind or, or maybe they, they believe it, but they just don't know how to kind of sort out their purpose. What are the things that you do, Sarah, to help your clients kind of discover, you know, where their purpose truly lies? Well, a lot of people, this is a great question, because a lot of people are really passionate about what they do. And one distinction that I make with a lot of my clients is there's passion, there's what lights you up. And then there's purpose, which is typically where there's a distinction where we switch over and we start to serve others, right? So when we get into the service of others is really where we're shifting into purpose. Because when you actually are providing a service or a product that's making a difference in the world or making the difference in the lives of others or the community uh, of of say it's a it could be a local community it could be a global community right um but the but your bottom line you're starting to make a difference or push the needle or shift something or a behavior change that's when you start to see that you're really serving and when we start to talk about leadership or purpose the fundamentally it's about service right and purpose for me is really about serving others. So that's where we see the difference between just being passionate about something and asking yourself, am I really being of service to others, right? So we, we really drill down and look at how is your business fundamentally serving others and, and why is that important, right? So because we're not just buying you know, what or how you do it, right? It's, it's the classic, classic Simon Sinek always says people are buying why, right? Yeah. So it's, it's really digging into that and, and, and understanding uh, what is distinct about why you do what you do and how that's serving other people. Yeah, no, that's, I, you know, I, I really like that. I read a book a couple years ago uh, by uh, Tim Sanders. He, he had worked for uh, Mark Cuban once upon a time. He wrote Love is a Killer app. But he also wrote a book called Today We Are Rich. And in that book, he talks about finding the intersection between purpose and passion. That, mm. you know, you know f- that, 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 that intersection is kind of where our vocation, you know, turning our careers into vocation kind of lies. I mean, but what I find is, is especially with entrepreneurs uh, or, you know, even driven professionals, that sometimes our own personal gain and success, not from a selfish place, but just because we're driven to, to achieve can sometimes get in the way of identifying that, that service-oriented mentality. I mean, do you find that with some of your clients? And if so, what do you do to help them take one step back and say, listen, if, if we do care about service, the success that you're so driven towards is, is, will be delivered, but from a better place. I mean, does that, does that happen in your conversations with those that you serve? Well, the thing that I have people focus on is strengths. So I'm a big advocate of strengths-based leadership. And I think this is, uh, this really sort of solves for what you're pointing to because people want to be engaged in their work. They want to feel passionate, right? They want to feel energized. They want to learn and grow. And yet they also want to serve, right? So in order to have you as the the leader of your business, as the founder, as the CEO, as the coach, you want to be 
fundamentally in functioning from your genius, from your strengths. And when you do that, you're going to have more energy. You're going to have more capacity to learn and grow. You're going to be more effective. You're going to perform better. So ultimately, you're going to get more results when you're focused on leading from your strengths and performing from your strengths and not focusing on the areas that are, are not your strengths, right? So when you actually build your business fundamentally around the areas that strengthen you, the activities that strengthen you, the topics that strengthen you, uh, that's going to solve for a lot of what you're speaking to. You know, I, I, I like that as well as far as identifying where your strengths are and, and kind of double down on those and not be so hand-wringing over maybe what you're not the best at. However, there, there's always, there's a conflict in there as well, right? Because to be great <laughs> leaders, right? We, we have yep. to be mindful of our weaknesses, not in a way we're going to just push them aside, but just to be aware of them, right? So, I mean, I would imagine that as you're coaching one of these, uh, you know, successful women that is looking to achieve more and to grow their business, that, that is, it, well, I guess, let me ask the question this way. Is there almost a hesitation for them to double down on their strengths, especially if we're looking at it from the perspective of, Look, we want to change our mentality to be service-oriented, and we're going to do that by doubling down on our strengths. I mean, there's the danger of egoism in there. There's the danger of maybe underplaying our weaknesses and not being aware of them. So how does that self-awareness equation become injected into that that process? Mm. I think most of, the, most of the clients that come to me, they're actually – craving um, more fulfillment, um, both personally and to give more to the world. So I think they're looking for uh, an uh, an avenue or a catalyst, right? A, a vehicle, you could say, to be able to fill upon both of those needs, right? Um, so both the strengths perspective, as well as being able to see that the intersection of where they can both serve through their strengths and give people a solution to what they need, right, and do what they love and be extremely effective and get results, when they see that that can be done and serve the world for good, right, be a force for good, that's extremely fulfilling for them. So I it's it's less about sort of feeding the ego and they actually see that why am I not doing this and why am I wasting my time being ineffective sure. when I could be delegating, I could be actually hiring mm. way more effectively. I could be building a team, even if it's small and mighty, right? I mean, we don't have to have the most uh, elaborate teams in the online or virtual space, but we could have a very highly effective team and that could be uh, we could be recruiting also for strengths, right? So you could see how this starts to unfold. And this can help us manage our weaknesses. Yeah, see, I, look, see, I'm really glad that you're on the show, right? Because we, I dabble in a lot of this with, with a lot of my guests, right? And we talk about it mostly from the perspective of running larger teams and companies. But, you know, as you know, for the people that I serve and, and the listeners of the show and even my guests, there, there always seems to be a common theme around, you know, overcoming that, that, the demons of, of, of uh, self-confidence, right? Those things that attack our self-confidence to be able to free ourselves up to think only in that, not, not in like a, in a, in a feel-goody type way, but in a legitimately positive way to achieve these things that are going to provide not only fulfillment for ourselves, but for those that we serve and those that we employ, right? Um, but 
that that's a hard thing for a lot of people. It's so easy to overcome if you really kind of put your mind to it in some ways, but it's also seems insurmountable. I mean, is that do you deal with that with your clients or are they already beyond that? I mean, help help my audience understand wherever they are right now at the moment they're listening to this right now today in their cars or whatever it might be during their their morning routine. You know, what are, what's the one thing they need to do to identify um, the the obstacles that are in their way to think to kind of reset their thought in that direction? Mm. Well, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is to ask yourself, um, you know, if we're going to talk sort of strengths and weaknesses here and, uh, you know, is to ask yourself, what is currently draining you or what is exhausting you? Uh, What are you avoiding? What are you resisting, procrastinating? Uh, Because a lot of that space is in indicators of weakening activities. Um, and it's not just that you have things in your business that you don't want to do, right? We all have weaknesses, right? So some of that um, is an indicator of uh, a pivot, right? An, a need to pivot and where you could be spending your time differently. And so if they're, you know, often I have people do a quick sort of energy audit, I call it, uh, when they come to me in, in the very beginning, because if you quickly can scan where you've spent your time or how you're spending your time right now, and the majority, let's just say 80% or more of your time is spent in draining, exhausting, depleting, you know, activities, or you are um, avoiding and resisting the, let's say, the the big projects or the big rocks that really need to be moved in order to uh, move your business forward, um, then you probably need to make some significant shifts in how you're working and what you're focused on. Mm, I, I get that. I think there's like a, a lot of nuance within that because I mean, is yeah. it, is it different? It's got to be different for each person that you work with, I would imagine. Yeah, because what you know, what comes out, right? What, what people reveal in that statement um, is going to be different because each human being is a unique individual. Right? We're all unique in what we find strengthening or, or weakening, and and so that's where uh, it is incredibly nuanced and and it's and it's important that we recognize that, right? Because what works for you is not necessarily going to work for me and how I lead or run my business. So it's not that one blueprint of a successful business is going to work for everyone. There may be best practices or great frameworks that we can learn a lot from Mm -hmm. in terms of not reinventing the entire wheel, but you're a unique human being, right? And there are a lot of leadership styles in the world that are highly effective. So this is why it's really, really important to know yourself um, and not, not, I guess, not overlook that, right? Um, And really consider uh, looking at these details, um, even early on in your business. I'm actually a big advocate for that. So a lot of people don't start looking at who they are as a, a leader or a business owner until much later down the road in their business because they think, well, I just have to do all the business development. I need to get clients in the door. I need to be visible. I need to focus on marketing, right? They do all those things that, they, that we know to do early in business, but they don't look at who they are as a leader and how they're functioning in the early days. And I say, do it from day one, right? Mm-hmm. Start thinking about those things early because you will learn to be more effective based on who you are as an individual. 
Yeah, no, that look. That's I think that's solid advice as well. I mean, but but within that, what what if, right? So let's say you're dealing with like a solopreneur or or you know someone that's got a small business and and maybe their weakness is in a critical area. Like maybe they don't like selling or they have a tough time reaching out. I mean, reaching out or cold calling or, or even getting connected, that's a big that's a big hurdle for a lot of people out there, especially the, the introverts of the world. If that's where their weakness lies and that's like a lifeblood, you know, key to their immediate success in the here and now, I mean, I mean, that's, like, what, what, what do you do? I mean, how do you, how do you, because you can't ignore that obviously, right? So what's the, what's the solution in a case like that? Well, I say, you know, in terms of that, the, the, probably the the best case scenario is to have somebody in your business, whether it's a partner or a team member, who is supporting you. Um, second best case scenario is probably to have a mentor or a sales coach, right, that you're learning from so that you're improving that skill set as much as possible. Because here's the truth. If, and I'll, I'll be straight about this, right? So if this is a true weakness, and I'm going to talk a little bit here about the weakness versus um perhaps a uh, the difference between a weakness and a skill that just needs to be cultivated, right? Because some people get confused about that. If this is a true weakness, and a true weakness is an area where no matter how hard you try, right, you pour hours of development and learning into this area, but you never really get that much better, right? You might get incrementally mm -hmm. better, but it's just truly not your gift in the world, yeah, right? Um, and we all have those, right? Um, and and so it, that is not the best use of your time in the long term, like in the long game, right? So you might do it in the beginning, but long term, this is something that you're going to want to look at getting support with, even if it's part-time, right? Maybe you have somebody part-time doing some sales calls for you. And that's something you really want to think about, right? right? Or doing some business development for you. Hmm. And and maybe down the road, you actually have some kind of partnership uh, with someone. Huh. Now, if you, who's, and mind you, somebody who is absolutely brilliant in this area, right? Who would accelerate your business tenfold. Now, if you feel somewhat competent, right? And you just know if, you could dedicate time to learn and grow in this area, then I'm going to say get the best source of learning, whether that comes from a mentor, a, a coach, a workshop, a course, right? However you learn best and commit the time to learning and practicing, right? Because you can't just go into a learning environment and not apply it. You have to be in the application of that learning sure. to truly move yourself forward. So, right, so that's the difference between, you know, growing and cultivating the skill and being committed to that and versus uh, sort of the true weakness that, uh, that we all have, those areas, right? Yeah. So it, I think it's really important to note that because at a certain point in your business to think like a CEO, right? Yeah. Which is really what I'm, I help people to do is you want to, at a certain phase in your business, start to say to yourself, where are those areas that I'm either cultivating or I am getting more support in to help me grow and accelerate? You know, as you as you speak, Sarah, I'm like, wow, this is. I, I have two thoughts, right? And I want to get to the 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 one in a minute. So let me kind of tell you what it is, and I'll put it to the side just for a second. But you know, this whole idea of coaching is such a growing industry today, and and I, 
I, I find it not as applied in like the corporate world. So I'm going to get to that in a, in a second, <laughs> right? But uh, it, also in your response there is, listen, you your skill sets are transferable to the way I'm hearing them anyway, up and down the the hierarchy to you know small teams to large businesses, but yet you've chosen to focus mostly on women in leadership. And that has to have been a conscious decision on your part, right? Because as I'm listening to you, I'm like, wow, this is, this is so – I could – three of my guests over the past year and some you know, the chats we've had offline after our conversations, I'm like, wow, I could, Sarah would really be able to help them out because I know what they struggle with and I can hear some of your uh, insight being of value to them. Um, so you, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm saying, wow, your services seem like they could be applicable on a much broader scale. You've chosen to focus. And then sometimes that's that's a big decision for us as well. So help my audience understand why you've zeroed in on this particular focus area uh, and what we need to do to make sure that we're not spreading our own selves you know, too broadly or too thinly. Mm, I love this question. So for me, I, I do still have a very, very small percentage of my business in the corporate space, right? When you were introducing me, you shared some of the companies that I work in. And so I do still have uh, a bit of time there, right? So it, I'm I'm just very um, mindful about my choices because I could very easily have my entire business in the corporate space. And I as you're saying here, I have been very conscious about where to spend my time. And I think that there, right now, in the coaching industry in particular, there are more options than ever to uh, to really serve. And, and especially in terms of niche, there, you know, there's, there's more pockets and uh, sort of little industries that you could be working within, right? So for me, I have uh, focused on women CEOs, I and I do still have men clients. I still do have men who come, to, men CEOs, executives that show up on my doorstep all the time, right? Through my network, through uh, just being out there, through my community, right? So it's not that I turn down every single client. I want to be clear about that, but who I... Um, let's say market to or who I really am passionate about serving are these women. And here's why um, we have, and this, these are U S stats. So this isn't even global stats, right? But in the U S today, we have over 1200 small businesses started by females per day. Wow. Right. So that's As daily. Yeah, daily. That's in. I mean, that is a crazy number, right? Now we all know the stats about the survival of small businesses, right? So, within the first five years of small businesses, the the failure rate is not. You know, it's it's quite large, right? So when I look at this, I see. I I mean, I have my own personal <laughs> my own personal passion in terms of advancing women in leadership, right? Mm -hmm. I was an executive and I had my own um, sort of corporate uh, story and path, but also, you know, women are on the rise here in business. And so for me, I see there are more first-time women CEOs and founders than ever before. And so to me, I think it's time to step up and give those women CEOs, the tools, the resources, and the high-touch support and training that they need to be successful. Mm. 
So that to me is really, really key. And it's not that I don't want to support, uh, you know, men in leadership. It's I do, in fact, right, a small yeah, percentage sure. of my time. So I'm always very honest and transparent about that. It's that it's that I see this, you know, movement of women, and I want to support them being successful. Uh-huh. So right, right there, right there, you're, you're working in the intersection of your purpose and your passion, right? That's right, exactly. Now, look, I'm glad I asked the question, and, and, and it, it, your your commitment to it is very, it seems very sincere, you know, that comes through loud and clear. Um, and you know what, just anecdotally, you know, of course, over the course of my career, you know, some of my best mentors and bosses have been women, right? I mean, there's been plenty of men in there too, but but I, I, want, to folk, I want to ask the question that comes to mind thinking about that in my own experience, that, you know, in this age where, you know, Everybody wants to say everybody's the same, but you know I just don't see it that way. I think men and women bring different skill sets to the game, right? And not that there are any one skill set is different than the other, but they're just different perspectives, right? And it's a different take on leadership many times. And I can again, that's been my experience anyway. That I've had women that have uh, been leading me, uh, you know, along the stops in my career that had a different perspective, a different nuance to what they did and they cared about. I mean, do you, do you think that we, we sometimes mitigate those differences in, in the quest of some political correctness? Because I think that's almost it's a, kind of a stacked question. I ask this a lot of my guests, right? Because I think diversity and, and things like that has been boiled down to a soundbite when really that's like the worst thing we could do. That the reason we want a diverse workforce, the reason that we want you know, different voices is for that very idea of bringing a different angle, a different perspective, different value, different um, you know, ideas to the table. I mean, what What's your take on all that? Yeah, this is a great conversation. I I would agree with you that we we do for the sake of often you know being PC and and um, you know all the diversity initiatives that are out there and some of which are extremely important. Um, I do think that we tend to sort of wash over some really critical. Uh, and distinct differences that are important um, that we also recognize uh, for the good, right? Which you're, which you're pointing sure. to. Um, and I do think that uh, women do bring to the table uh, some very important um, and innate uh, leadership qualities that are definitely evolving how companies are being led, how decision decisions are being made and how people are being developed in the world. And I think that without that being present, uh, we are definitely uh, not just missing out, but it's a competitive advantage Mm. that we need in the marketplace in all industries. Um, And I would say, um, you know, not just in in business, right? Um, I would say um, across the board, you know, we could talk nonprofit, we could talk politics, we could talk, you know, energy. Entertainment. I mean, we could go all. We sure. could, you know, go on and on, right? Um, but we need we need more women everywhere, right? <laughs> um, in a leadership capacity, and uh, you know, for the reasons you're pointing to, um, because and this could this is a bit of a generalization. Um, there there are some innate qualities where uh, uh, women often approach decision making, people development, um, networking, collaboration. Uh, from a different perspective, mm. communication, right? And these are things we want to cultivate and grow. 
No, I, I, I agree. I'm glad I asked the question. That's a fantastic uh, take on it because I, that's one of the things I try to do here is just bring different voices to the conversation to say, listen, this discussion of of diverse thought is is a much more impactful one than, than the media wants to give it. it. It means something to us, and we have to invest in it from a position of caring about it. So, Sarah, let me um, – just one, one, two, one or two quick questions just about coaching in general, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here. I want to be mindful of your time, but, you know, I, I – candidly wasn't even aware that the coaching industry was so large up until recently <laughs> and i'm surprised i mean it's it's huge and it seems to be growing very rapidly so i'm curious i've been asking a lot of the people uh that i've had on the show that are in this industry why they think it's i mean i have my own opinions but i'd love to get your sense for why you think it's growing so quickly and is that growth legitimate in other words are there is there too many self-proclaimed coaches out there that are underserving their their clients, uh, you know. So we need to be wary of it, or you know, or is it just vice versa? That there's not enough for the need that really exists. Yeah, I think this is a really important discussion for our industry. Um, I think that there is a boom. We are in the middle of a, co- a coaching industry boom, right? Um, it's sort of like the the old dot com, right? I, and having been in the industry myself for over 17 years, it's really interesting to see what's happening right now. I think there are some things that are po- really positive about the growth of the industry. And I also think that we will live through more evolutions here of what happens in the coaching industry. As you know, it's an unregulated industry, right? Mm. And so with that comes all sorts of interesting things. And I think the thing that we have to be um, wary of or careful of is that with the unregulated industry, you know, not everyone's coming to the table with the set, same set of experiences or um, education or commitment to um, integrity or delivery mm. of, of value, right? So, you know, I think what's important is, um, you know, as a both as a practitioner and as a as a client, that you do your homework sure. and um, and also I think you know. When we look to the future, I think, um, you know, the people who are here, um, you know, driving for results and leading from integrity um, and substance, right, (laughs) and true substance, we'll say that, are going to be here for the long term. And I think we will see, um, you know, those who are, are here for sort of the boom of it, I think some of that will fade away over time. That's good. No, I think that's a, a good take on it. So it needs to be a little bit of buyer beware today. I like that. So listen, Sarah, I want to I kind of wrap it up. But before we do, uh, why don't you let my audience know if they like what they've heard, where can they learn more about Sarah Kaler? You know, what should they check out? What should they do? Well, you can definitely learn more on my website at soulpowered.com, and you can always uh, follow me on social media at BeSoulPowered. Okay, great. I will link those up in my show notes as well. So once again, we've been speaking with Sarah Keller. She is a coach that specializes in helping women in business, mostly uh, CEOs, get a handle on scaling their business up. She's got plenty of solid experience across Fortune 100 and 500 companies, uh, well uh, publicized, well written. You could read quite a bit about her just by searching on her name. And, and I can't thank her enough for joining me today. I think it's been a great conversation. If you got as much value out of it as I did, I'm sure you're glad you spent the last hour, half hour with uh, Sarah and I. So, Sarah, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you taking so much time today with me. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah.